Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Digital Bean. My name is Lindsay. I'm Cheyenne. And I'm Kelsey. The Digital Bean is a weekly review podcast where we usually talk about the fashion, feminism, and thematic marvels of the Disney Channel original series, Lizzie McGuire. But this week sucked. So we're actually going to talk about the lazy execution, unlikability, and sexism of episode 15. This episode is called Lizzie's Nightmares! <laughs> it aired on June 22nd, 2001. A dark day because this episode fucking aired. Yeah, it was pretty lackluster. I mean, if we were going to rate it, are we going to say zeros across the board? Pretty much. This was by far my least favorite we've watched so far. Yep. Sorry, McGuire team. Sorry, Melissa Gould. The yeah, writer. she, uh, the writer of this episode, Melissa Gould, uh, we went through the, uh, the episode list when researching this, and she's usually, she's done some good ones. She did Rumors, which of course we loved. Later on, she'll do episodes like the Bar Mitzvah episode, but this mm-hmm. one, which I only kind of vaguely remembered. D- no recollection whatsoever. Really? Not at all? No. Um, I remembered some visuals from it, um, just specific scenes. I remember being very, like, in canon with the show, mm-hmm. but the plot of the episode? No, it's totally forgettable. It's so bad that Cheyenne's drinking on the job. I am. So while she's, uh, re-glugging her mug <laughs> over here, I'll give y'all a quick synopsis of the episode so we can get into our gripes. The reviled episode. Man, we're just gonna tear into this. <laughs> just bear with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in the very beginning of the episode, of course, they're on a three-way call, Lizzie, Miranda, and Gordo, and they're talking about how Lizzie had spinach stuck in her teeth all day at school the day before. But what she doesn't realize until she tries to hang up is that Matt had pranked her and got put honey on her phone, so it's all stuck in her hair, and she's pissed off, and Joe's trying to help her clean it out, and Joe actually tries to do some quick parenting Mm -hmm. and gets angry with Matt, to which he is just a total ass. More more flippant than usual. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he kind of, like, threatens, like, oh, really? Are you gonna tell me no TV tonight? And, like, shit like that. My mom would have drawn and quartered me. (laughs) Yeah. Just sent me away to Siberia. (laughs) I mean, which, at certain points in our life, we probably would have wanted, so. Yeah. And actually, Joe kind of does say that. She's like, I might just send you away forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Meanwhile, though, we've got the the whole crux of the episode, which is that Lizzie's freaking the fuck out about her hair because yes. Gordo has given her intel that Ethan Kraft said it would be cool if she had lunch with him that day. Right, which is like the main plot of the episode is Lizzie's so excited about this lunch with Ethan, all the while, little bastard Matt has gotten on the wrong school bus. <laughs> <laughs> and he ends up at Lizzie's school and is telling everyone these outrageous lies about himself and is just charming the pants off everyone and becomes Ethan's friend. So, of course, Lizzie's just beside herself because this is supposed to be her lunch with ethan but her the best day of her whole life yeah the best day of her life but matt is mm. there ethan's new bff yeah that's and that's pretty much the whole episode is interactions of hearing about the popular new kid and lizzie 
bumping into him at school. Yeah, just and... hijinks between yeah. Lizzie and Matt trying to avoid each other because Lizzie, of course, wants Matt gone from school and Matt, the hammy fuck that he is, is just eating it up. Right, and then there's and then there's the occasional flip back and forth to um, the house because at some point they get a phone call at home, um, jam that is, that Matt has not showed up to school. So, of course, Joe you know, thinks that he's missing and that she's ran him off. Um, and so you're cutting back and forth from school day at Lizzie's school to at home where Joe and Sam are trying to track down Matt. Well, really Joe is and Sam's just kind of aloof and (laughs) confused and there's a useless (laughs) cop involved. Our favorite trope in the Lizzie McGuire world. Uh, but the episode ends, Lizzie eventually gets some sort of authority figure, in this case, middle school cops, to escort Matt out of the building. Matt Bond. Yeah, Matt Bond. And, uh, he gets grounded for a month, and Ethan's still super into this little kid. Yeah. And And that is, that's it. Yeah, and it ends, so it ends, almost ends with a three-way call, which is interrupted, by the fact that Ethan calls, mm-hmm. and of course Lizzie has to drop everything. We'll get into that later. Yeah, sorry. But so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that that's our wrap-up of this episode. So, as we mentioned, we're, we've already kind of switched things up this episode, but what we're going to do is talk about the main gripes we had with this episode. After we watched it, there were jaws dropping this episode was so bad and the offensive things that happened in it. Um, But we're going to start out with... Big picture. Yeah, big picture, lazy execution. So the biggest thing for me is that our beloved theme and what really makes Lizzie McGuire work as a show is when some character has a theme present and the episode ends reflecting on that and Lizzie and the gang come out a better person. But in this episode, the theme does not prevail. Gordo is there as his usual moral compass... However, he, yeah, his points don't ever come across, like... Which is a shame, because it's so, to give background, the theme is that you shouldn't be that excited to hang out with someone if your only goal is popularity. And in fact, Gordo tells her that Lizzie's being pathetic because she's so excited about hanging out with this person who she doesn't really seem to have any interest in getting to know. It's so watered down. It, like, basically gets lost in the hijinks of Matt and Lizzie trying to avoid each other at school. Like... Right. Yeah, I mean, it's basically an attempt to be, like, don't be shallow. Mm -hmm. Like, you should pick who you want to be with because you want to spend time with them. But, like, that never comes across. It reminds me a lot of I Do, I Don't, where Gordo is Mm -hmm. constantly saying, Lizzie, you're taking advantage of me, and... That episode, there's some there's some acknowledgement of it at the end. Like, hey, I was a shit to you. And in this episode, Lizzie and Miranda are totally unaffected by the fact that they're just seeking popularity at any expense. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the closest we get, oh, I don't even know if it's that close to a, a thematic or moral wrap-up, is like, at the very end, Lizzie ditches her three-way call with her friends because Ethan Kraft is on the other line, which, I mean, let's be real that's not unrealistic or yeah. out of character yeah um but like even after the phone call which it turns out ethan is calling just to ask about hanging out with matt and 
There's... Which is crazy. Yeah. Like, this is an 11-year-old boy. Maybe 10. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a general lack of believability in this episode, and I think a couple more things we can speak to on that front is during one of the at-home interrogation scenes, Joe and Sam are talking to Lanny, and A, we were really upset, because at this point, is this episode three or four that Lanny is in? I think the fourth episode, yeah. He's not speaking, we get it. Like, him not verbally communicating is supposed to be funny, but it's lazy at this point. And to add on to it, like, why isn't Lanny at school? Right. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that in the last point, um, I don't know if this goes here, it is a single outfit episode, people. Which more, I'm not going to call it laziness. It's just sad. And not only is it a single outfit episode, but I can't remember anyone's outfit except for Lizzie, which is Mm -hmm. a disservice to the show. Yeah. Well, and also it just makes it feel, to me, when we watch episodes that clearly happen in a single day, it seems like so much less happens. Mm -hmm. Because the plot or the conflict or what have you is just not as complex. Right. So that is circle one of episode 15 hill (laughs) circle two there's a general unlikability to each of the characters in this episode and something we talked about before we started recording was the fact that everyone's mannerisms are kind of like a caricature version of themselves so our trio for example Lizzie and Miranda seem more vapid and interested in popularity than they've ever been before. It's not a situation of, ooh, Ethan is cute, or I want to get to know him. Again, it's, Ethan is popular. If Matt is friends with Ethan, that's all that matters. We just want to be popular, which is totally... I mean, it seems like it's outside of the realm of believability for these characters who otherwise are good-natured most of the time. Yeah, I mean, continuing on, like, between Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda, there's plenty of things that are consistent to their characters. You know, like, Lizzie is obviously not happy about having her brother around, and Gordo is trying to be the voice of reason. Um, But there's also this thing, like, before they know that this new kid is Matt, like, Gordo has this really, like, ugly moment of jealousy and, like, paranoia and maybe like even egotism where he's like I can't even believe like he's already supposedly been in a movie with Spielberg and like he's younger than me and like why haven't I been that good and so like that's really not flattering for Gordo and I felt torn about that because I thought that was one of the most believable aspects of the episode Hmm. But yeah, it's certainly, I think that's kind of the mindset you assume Gordo to have, but it's never really shown on screen. And in this moment, it makes him look awful. Yeah, I mean, this this episode is, I mean, maybe like the name is appropriate. Like, the nightmares are really bringing out the worst in everyone. Um, Mm. Maybe there's more to it than we originally thought. But we changed our mind. It's fine. <laughs> it's not fine. <laughs> it's a Twilight Zone episode. I thought Joe was whiny. I thought Sam was made to look even more stupid than he is in previous episodes. Um, Matt's on my shit list forever. So <laughs> I'm even though he was even 
more of a little asshole this time than usual. Um, like, I just don't like him. So, I don't know. But yeah, like you guys have said, everyone was just an exaggerated version of their worst selves in this episode, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back to Joe and Sam... Not only is Joe really whiny, but you also... Sam is sometimes painted as being, like, a little thoughtless. Not in, never in a, a negligent way, just in a, like, you know, in his own world or... Or, like, my children's problems aren't real problems. Right. But in this episode, he's, like, made off to be almost negligent or, like, aloof. How much of that do you think, though, is Joe not fully including him in the parenting? So, for example, in the first Kitchen episode, she's trying to gloss over Lizzie's honey situation by having Sam just say, Yeah, Lizzie looks great, doesn't he? And so he tries to help and make some comment about her earrings or something. Of course, she's not wearing earrings. But Joe never gives Sam enough of an assist to be set up for success, in my mind. Ooh. Yeah, I would agree. I think, from what we've seen, whenever Joe involves Sam in parenting or just interactions with their kids in general, it's always, like, closed-ended, like, leading him to how he should be participating in the conversation. That's a good point. I think Sam's best parenting may have come in the... What is the Jet Li episode? The bra episode. Yeah. Uh, when he's left alone, he makes much better decisions as far as parenting goes than when he is teamed up with... You don't, don't think so? Remember the cave? <laughs> That's what I was about to say. I was about to say... The cave and Duck Lorange. Duck Lorange. Okay. I fucked up. Forget that. <laughs> yes. He had one redeeming moment when it came to... Uh, the magic kung fu assistant, but otherwise, yeah, maybe Sam's not the best. <laughs> and another one more, well, I'm sure we'll come up with more than one more, but the principal in this episode was another, like, totally unbelievable, unlikable, unlikable character. Um, He's like the hotel out- manager from Zack and Cody, right? Oh, I think so. I think so. so. Yeah. Anyway. He's also the the marketing manager at Chandler's internship in Friends. Wow. And he's seemingly <laughs> incompetent in, as, in his role as so principal a, at this school. Yeah, a yeah. true, a true uh, small role star here. Anyways, so the point that I was going to make, though, is, yeah, Lizzie has snuck into the principal's office to try to call home to tell her parents that Matt is there, at which point the principal... Walks in with Matt, talking to him about how great his idea to have scooters on campus is. That was a highlight. That was a highlight, yeah. (laughs) We were really excited to hear the mention of scooters. But the principal is just talking about how amazing it is to have Matt there and, like, he should be in the gifted program and it's not an issue. And even calls home to talk about how it's been a pleasure to have him. Not fucking believable. No. Oh my god. That probably belonged in the lazy section, but dear god, what a waste of airtime to watch this totally unbelievable moment between two students and a principal of a school. Yeah. This principal, though, I think is a great segue into our final crutch to bear. Oh. 
the sexism of this episode was yeah. unreal. Like, I, I'm confident saying worse than all of the other offenses in the previous 14 episodes combined. Just in one line. Just yeah. in one line. We've got three. Yeah, we'll save, we'll save this one for the end. We'll start easy with our sexism. Yeah, we'll start with one that we've brought up before, that we've already discussed this episode, which has to do with the balance between Joe and Sam. Um, and in that opening scene that we were discussing where Joe is trying to fix Lizzie's hair and calls in Sam for a reassuring assist, um, at which point he's kind of set up for failure, um, there's a cutaway to... Animated Lizzie. Yep, saying, like, poor dad, mom has him so well trained. Which I think almost is softened by the fact that you look at shows like King of Queens or something where the husband is a totally incompetent member of the family. That is a, if you think about the weight of that sentiment, it's so cutting and disrespectful. I think it goes back to uh, what we were talking about previously about this specific scene, though, that it's kind of sad that the kids are even illuminating the dynamics between their parents and see, I think it kind of mirrors how Lizzie views Ethan sometimes. Um, mm, yes. As just this, like, dumb, like, affable person who's popular, who she wants to, like, get in with, but she doesn't really have any interest in him or doesn't really seem to respect him or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and she definitely sees and comments on di- the dynamics between Joe and Sam as being kind of similar, I think. I mean, Sam's not popular, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wonder what Joe would say if she knew these were her kids' inside thoughts. Like, hmm. if she would be conscious of, oh, yeah, I kind of treat my husband like... I think uh, Joe, as she's written, wouldn't mind. I think she would agree. Especially, it makes me think of that episode where Lizzie's really struggling and Joe goes on this diatribe to Sam about, like, how to talk, how to, to, talk to women and how women are in friendships with other women. And I think she just sees herself as being really powerful. And I Yeah, know. it's increasingly looking less like a partnership. Which, I mean, is very easy to judge this TV (laughs) couple. Like, being in a relationship is hard, but she does seem very comfortable not only being in the driver's seat, but kind of having uh, Sam hang off the bumper of the car. Like, he's not even in there with her. Yeah, I would agree. That's definitely the way that it's been looking so far. All right, our second offense comes at the end of the episode with the... Very disappointing Ethan phone call. So, in a surprising turn of events, at the end of the three-way call, as we've said, Ethan calls Lizzie, and he asks her if she is free on Saturday. And she plays it cool. She's like, no, I don't have any plans yet. And he asks her if she would be free to pick up a pizza. For him and Matt. For him and Matt. Because (laughs) he just loves that little guy. He just loves hanging out with this child. And Lizzie, I guess, humorously brushes it off, hangs up, and is frustrated. 
But the fact that he would call her and not call Matt to ask if she would get them a pizza, like, what the fuck is that? Is she this, like, 13-year-old assistant to the boob on the bus? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he thinks, like, he wants her to be there, too, but not really an active role in hanging out with Matt. Like, maybe he feels like he can't jump right into hanging out with Matt yet. Like, they're not tight like that. (laughs) But I don't know. It's weird, though. It doesn't make sense. Also, that would be so crushing. Like, at the end, Lizzie's annoyed because, again, everything is about Matt. But if that really happened, that would... That would deserve the episode going on for five more minutes and the three-way call resuming and her weeping on the phone. Yeah, I mean, because especially when you're in elementary school and it's it's totally normal to hang out with people of different ages in elementary school and then again in high school. But I feel like middle school, like, you do not hang out with people not your age. No. I remember being terrified of 8th graders when I was in 6th grade. Yeah, like, that is a time of your life where that is just something that, like, kids don't do. Maybe one grade apart, but I think we're left to assume that Lizzie and Matt are two to three grades apart. Yeah, I remember being on the basketball court in my apartment complex when I was in, like, 2nd grade, and some guy he was a child a fellow child but he was like oh yeah my birthday's coming up i was born in 1988 and i was like what as someone born in 1991 i was like well i have to leave like i'm too young to be in his presence (laughs) i couldn't imagine hanging out with someone three years older than i was which yeah so for ethan to be hanging out with matt is so stupid and they had to drag sexism in And it's unlikable. It's kind of the trifecta of all of our gripes with this episode. Mm -hmm. But it's not the worst offender. It's not the cherry on top here of this shit Sunday. The principal takes it upon himself to tell Lizzie, who is trying to call her parents and let them know that Matt is at her school, not where he should be. And he stops her and says... What does he say? He says, jealousy isn't pretty on a girl, Lizzie. How did everyone feel when they heard that? All of our mouths were hanging open. Yeah. I can't believe a woman wrote that. Unless, I mean, no. I was going to say unless it's supposed to be commentary on that. But in this case, like, when it's a children's show, a child isn't going to see that as commentary. No, not at all. No, and that totally, so, okay, this is a getting a little dark, but that brings up something that happened at my school today, or in general that's been a conversation. One of my close friends at school is the 6th and 7th grade counselor, Um, and there's been a lot of buzz going around talking about, from teachers and administrators, about the show 13 Reasons Why. Oh, yeah. Which is about, like, this long, drawn-out bullying suicide story about a teenager and like the show is not at all material that teenagers should be watching however they are because it's about teens and like it's rated like tv mature right yeah yeah it's basically a 
how to kill yourself guide and make everyone feel guilty and that you were this martyr after you've passed away. Yeah, so there's a lot of issues. Aside from that, I thought that the, like, explicit violence in the scenes were, like, nothing that's ever been shown before. No, no, that's what my friend was saying. She was like, you keep thinking they're gonna cut the scene and they don't. And she was like, if I any, have to watch this now. If any kids ever had any question, it's like right there on TV. So there's a lot of nervousness about like the implications of that because kids that young don't know how to process that kind of information. And I totally agree. Like this is a way, way more dramatic example. Yeah. But like little lines like this can be really damaging to a young kid. Back wow. to our principal who said yeah. nasty things. Sorry, really, really <laughs> long tangent on the impressionability of youth and corruption of education. But there's no way the children watching this episode of Lizzie McGuire, if it was meant to be a commentary on sexist male authoritarian figures, that would never get across. So the fact that a principal is telling a 13-year-old girl that her emotions don't make her look attractive is... Uh, a million percent inappropriate and damaging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, that's a wrap. That was the Titanic of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> the, or maybe the iceberg. Oh, yep. Yeah. We'll say it was the iceberg. It's what made the ship sink. Yeah. I hope this episode... I, I, I don't know. It was just 30 minutes of bitching... But I think it's maybe a good episode 15. Like, we're a quarter through the show now. We've learned who our major player... Yeah, we're Mm -hmm. a quarter through the show. That's crazy. Um, We've learned who our major players are, what makes them work, what is lazy when you toss the script from writer to writer. And Mm. I just desperately hope that the next episode is good. I feel like we haven't had a really good one in a while. Yeah. Nothing above a four. Mm-mm. I, I mean, have maybe, you rated anything above a four yet? I wanted to give I've Got Rhythmic a five, but I gave myself room. Mm-hmm. I really hope that's not the peak. <laughs> like, it can't be. I am I have high hopes for the Bar Mitzvah episode. No, I'm, there's some good ones. The murder mystery one. I'm holding out my hope for the first episode of season two, which is the first kiss, because I remember mm. that having the most authentic emotional weight out of all of the episode. So we've got about 20 more episodes till we <laughs> get there, but I'm hoping we get a four or a five before then. This is, I don't know, it's kind of discouraging to watch something that you hold so high highly regarded in your memory and feel this disappointed in it. I mean, there's going to be filler episodes every now and then. With that, I think we are ready to raise your scooter away into a time machine to last week when we all didn't remember this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, when we didn't know of its true disappointment. When we didn't know that jealousy doesn't look pretty on a girl. Until next time. Toodles. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Digital Bean. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud, and please leave us a review if you like what you hear. Or if you don't. 
And as always, you can find us all over the internet as the underscore digital bean.